The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began to look at one of the passages that I consider to be a litmus test for understanding the proper application of the gospel and the proper relation between eternal and time salvation. Of course, I'm talking about Matthew chapter 13 and the parable of the sower and the seed. We began talking about the fact that most people in the religious world today interpret that parable as referring to three categories that are not children of God and only one category that is a child of God. But I believe the right interpretation of this passage is that all four categories are children of God. It's just that they are in different circumstances and have different backgrounds when they actually hear the gospel. But each category is a born-again child of God. Join us today for the conclusion of this message where we will see how that we should deal with each of these categories that we may find our own selves in from time to time. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
You see, the first thing that the prodigal son needed, he didn't need some. He, he wouldn't have been listening to somebody down there speaking the high theological doctrines. Now listen, the gospel, the gospel is always appropriate. And sometimes people want to put the gospel as a high. That's not what I'm talking about. The preaching of the gospel, the word of God, the gospel of the grace of God is that Jesus Christ has saved us from our sins plus nothing. And because he saved us, we ought to serve him. And see somebody on the wayside, we just need to get to him. Listen, stop what you're doing and listen to me. Stop what you're doing. You know, in Jude, he tells us that. He said, if some have compassion, making a difference, Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. If you see your son or daughter running, sprinting toward the cliff to go over the cliff, you don't say, hey, I got four or five points I want to discuss with you. I want to I have a little theological debate with you. No, you go to him and say, stop running. Stop. Get back where you need to be. Turn around. Get back in church. Get back in family. Get away from those who are pulling you away. Get out of the crowd of the world. Get away from the far country, man. You're not liking this food. <laughs> Only pigs eat pig, pig food. Sheep can't live off pig food. We got some sheep food over here. Come on back. See, that's the message to those on the wayside. Look at the, the next category. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Jesus says about that over in verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, Yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Notice the characteristics of this stony ground. The first thing that jumps out at me is that it says there is no, they had not much earth. Jesus said over in Luke, he calls it, he said it had not much depth of earth. Who are these hearers? Well, these are, again, regenerated children of God. Now, most likely, as I read this, I think of someone who, through their background or their upbringing or their other life experiences, is not very well grounded in biblical principles. Maybe doesn't know much about the Bible at all. Can't quote much scripture. Wasn't raised studying the scriptures. Unstable because they don't have that Depth of earth. They've maybe never been to church. Very little biblical instruction. Now these hearers, when they hear the word of God, they rejoice at first. Notice it says, at first it says they sprung up. And Jesus says, anon with joy they receive this word. In other words, they hear it and they, lo they love it. They get excited about it. They rejoice in it. They hear something that resonates with them, that resonates with their life experience. Look with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I've used this before, but it's a particularly appropriate in this context. 
Now, chapter 14 deals primarily with speaking in tongues, but, uh, but here's a couple of verses that I think are exactly on point with our experience and particularly talking about the stony ground. What he says about speaking in tongues is, in that day it was appropriate, that was a gift that was given in that day. Uh, he said, and it's fine to speak in tongues, but you've got to do it decently and in order. <laughs> you know, you can't just all be babbling out there. And by the way, speaking in tongues wasn't babbling anyway. It was speaking in other languages. But what would happen is sometimes one would stand up in one corner of the church and another would stand up in another corner of the church and they would talk in these other languages and nobody could understand what's going on. So it was a bunch of confusion. So what Paul is saying here, he's saying the best thing you can do is prophesy. And that's not talking about foretelling the future, but it's foretelling the word of God. It's preaching. It's preaching, see. And notice in verse 23. He says, if therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you're mad? They're not going to be able to understand what you're saying unless they just happen to be in the right language. But notice verse 24. But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned. Okay. Now this is not the type of unbeliever that's an unregenerate. Clearly, as we're going to see, this is somebody that's already born again or that maybe, I, I grant you, it could be someone who, get, who is born again during the service. That can happen. Most of the time, it's somebody who's already been born again. But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And by the way, that's not talking about judged or convinced of the people. It's talking about the words that are being preached. He's convinced and judged by the words that the preacher is preaching. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. You know who this is? This is a stony ground Christian. This is someone who didn't believe. He was unlearned. He was ignorant as, as the Bible uses that term to just talk about somebody that doesn't know. And he comes in and he hears the gospel. He hears it preached. He hears it preached in power and demonstration of the Spirit. He's already born again. And what the gospel does, what the preached message does, is it identifies with something in his heart based upon his experience, based upon his life, based upon whatever in his life. But it, he identifies with it and he is convicted of it. And the secrets of his heart are made manifest. How many times, I've had this experience. How many times have you had the experience, baby, of hearing the gospel preach, hearing the preacher preach, and it gets me in a place I didn't know existed. I said, wow, he hit me right where it hurts. <laughs> or he hit me right where I needed it. I needed to hear that because it made manifest the things that were in my heart. And it said, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. I'm reminded every time I read that, brother buddy, about Brother Aaron Barr. Brother Mackey knows what I'm talking about. First person to ever join the church under Tim's preaching. He came the first time, the very first time he showed up in, in church. Basically, he came with a friend. He, when he gave the invitation, opened the doors of the church, here came Brother Aaron, almost running down the aisle. Tim said he got in a fighter pose. He thought, this guy's coming to attack me, you know. Guy, he got right down to where Tim was and hit the ground, just like a Muslim praying <laughs> on his hands and knees. And Brother Tim said, well, you know, he had to get out and say, can I help you? He said, yeah, I want to join the church. <laughs> he heard something that resonated with him. 
He joined that first day, and he, he, the secrets of his heart were made manifest. He came back the next Sunday and got baptized. You know what happened to him? That stony ground Christian who didn't have much background in the, in the church or the Word of God was convicted and rejoiced in it. Now, so initially, the stony ground person, the stony ground Christian, rejoices in the truth. Here's something that resonates him, but, but listen, the Christian life's not an easy life. Now, Brother Aaron stayed. I'm not saying he stayed in the stony ground, but he started out there, and many of us do. You know, Paul was told in Acts chapter 9, there were many things he would have to suffer for the name of Christ. The Christian life is not all roses in the easy street. It's not easy street, beloved. It's a difficult path. And then there are those like Demas, you can look over sometime in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 where Paul talks about Demas who was with Paul through many of his travels and his ministry. But then we're told in that particular verse, a sad statement's made, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Jesus says that ultimately what happens is someone who is in the stony ground, if that's where they stay, they are ultimately uh, offended when persecution or tribulation arises. Somebody says, wait a minute, you're going down to that little primitive Baptist church. <laughs> They're kind of strange, aren't they? They're kind of a cult. They're kind of, you know, you know, all the, you know all, the, all the accusations we get sometimes against us. Oh, no, not me. I, I didn't know. I'm not me. I didn't realize it was going to be hard. <laughs> Didn't realize it was, I was going to get some persecution. They say to you, well, come on out with us. Let's go to the party again like we've always gone. Now, I'm not going to go this time. Well, what's wrong with you? Something wrong with you? <laughs> well, I guess I better go with them because they'll think I'm weird. <laughs> Child of God, they're going to think you're weird if you try to live for the Lord. Especially if you haven't been living for Him and you change your you change your ways. Demas loved the present world, and he forsook Paul. Jesus said they'll ultimately reject the truth, reject the kingdom. They'll be offended. And see, the word offended there is the Greek word scandalizo, and it means to scandalize. It, that's where we get our word scandalize, rather. And it means to entrap or to trip up or to put a stumbling block or an impediment in the way or to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. That's a definition from Strong's Concordance. Persecution will cause you to be offended if you're not careful, if you stay in the stony ground. Mark puts it this way, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That's in Mark chapter 4 over there where he talks about this same parable. See, they can handle some types of afflictions, but not that which relates to the Word of God. You know, if you've got a favorite football team, I know people that are fan not just fans, but fanatics. <laughs> fanatics. They're going to they're gonna identify with that team no matter what. They're going to, yeah, I know there are fair weather, you know, fans that jump on and off the bandwagon, you know, 
Alabama's had some success in the last 10 or 12 years, and we got a lot more fans now than we had before. And if things turn and they start going down, a lot of those fans are going to jump ship. But those who stick it out, there are those that are going to be fans to the end, you know. And, and, and you can talk about how, oh, that's a losing team. They're a sorry team. It doesn't matter. They're not, it does not matter. They're going to be fans no matter what to whatever, uh, whatever uh, uh, college or, or NFL team that, that it is. But don't start criticizing them because of the Word of God. Because the first thing you know, they'll jump ship. <laughs> You see, some, if, you're a, if you're a dedicated to a football team, you're a fan. But if you're dedicated to a church, you're a fanatic, right? <laughs> Isn't that the way it is? We don't want to be a fanatic, right? Well, child of God, I want to be a fanatic for the kingdom of God. I want to be a super fan for the kingdom of God. But you see, these stony ground Christians tend to be offended easily and leave, and it's because there's no depth of verse. So what's the remedy? The remedy is study. Study. You remember what he, uh, Paul, uh, Paul told Timothy over there? He said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, what do you do when you have a garden out there that has, you know, very little soil? You bring soil in and you build it up. I told you this story before, and I think we talked about it not too long ago. I had a friend, my granddaddy had a friend who lived out in California, and he had the strangest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen it before. I've seen it a few times since then, but I've never seen it before. They didn't have any grass in the yard, no dirt. It was all rock. <laughs> but in the backyard, he had a little, some little round places where he had some tomatoes, and he had some gokra, and he had different things out there. How did he do that? Because it was the same soil back there. He brought new soil in. He built that soil up, you see. So what do you do in, if you're in the stony ground? You study. You build up the soil of your knowledge of the Scriptures. You stay in the Word of God. You read the Word of God. You hear the Word of God preached. You listen to the Word of God on the radio. You stay in the Word and you study. And you can move out of that stony ground into that good ground. Our time's about gone, but let's, let's talk quickly about the thorny ground. Because the thorny ground is the one that str I struggle with more than anything else. You know, I, I grew up in church. I don't, I'm not, I've been in the stony ground, but, but I grew up in church. I could quote scripture. I've read the word of God. I've read through it several times. I've, I've stayed in the word. You know, I, I, I'm not in that category of very little earth. I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing the word of God preached. I grew up knowing that I need to be here in the, in the kingdom of God. I grew up being taught that Sunday's for church. You don't miss church. You're there, you know, at least once, you know. If you have opportunity, go more, but if you, you're there, okay. And yet I still struggle. See, I don't struggle with the wayside. Sometimes I, I, I go, my, go the world's way, and sometimes I still forget about the things I know. But usually my trouble is not the stony ground or the wayside. My trouble is a thorny ground. Because, see, notice what happens in the thorny ground. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. That's verse 7. Jesus says down in verse 22, He that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. You know, even those 
who were raised in church, even those who study their scriptures regularly, can find themselves stuck in the thorny ground if they're not careful. There was two sisters, one named Martha and one named Mary. They had a brother named Lazarus. One of the greatest miracles that Jesus performed on this earth was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And there was a time when Jesus came to their house. And, I mean, that's a big event, right? And now I'm, you know, I kind of identify with this, Brother Mackey, because I got, it's just me and Tim. I got one brother, okay? Me and Tim, all right? I'm the oldest. He's the youngest. I just wish he was here tonight to hear me tell this. <laughs> so my nature is more to take care of things, to be, you know, to be busy working in the background. Tim's nature is to be visiting with God's people. And, you know, I can't, back in the days, years ago, I won't get too personal with it, but I just remember there were times when he would go to all these church meetings and I'd think he was crazy for going because there's so much work that needed to be done. <laughs> now I wish I'd gone with him. <laughs> I wish I'd gone with him because you know what it says about Martha and Mary? Martha is in the kitchen She's cumbered about with much serving. She's, she's encumbered. She's burdened down trying to take care of the kitchen and the meal and make it comfortable and clean up the house and do all the little work that needs to be done. Nothing wrong with that work, you see, in order for the Lord to be comfortable. And Mary is sitting at his feet listening to him talk. I tend to be the Martha. I get busy. I'm too busy with... This is, I get busy with church. I get, you know, you know what I do sometimes? I, I, I hate to be up here. I keep confessing to y'all. You know, we, we have a daily podcast now. You know what? I'll take this message and I'll, I'll, I'll take this one next week and I'll edit it and I'll try to edit out all the coughs and uhs and all that. And I, you know, and I'll, I'll shorten it down if where I can and I'll make it into two, cut it into two. I'll record a little introduction and then I'll add a song and put it up on the podcast, okay? You know what sometimes goes lacking in all my doing that, brother buddy? It's my personal Bible study. I can't tell you how many times I go up there to my room and I open my Bible and I sit it down and I say, well, I'm going to read while I listen. <laughs> You know how much reading I get done while I listen? If I get through one verse, I'm lucky, and I probably don't even remember what I did, what I read. Here's my point. The Lord got on to Martha, said, Martha, you're too busy. I'm paraphrasing, of course. You go read the account. He said, but Mary hath chosen that good part. I've said this before. Think about this. I don't believe if you ask Martha a year later or 10 years later on her deathbed, Martha, what did you serve that night? She couldn't remember. If you asked Mary, what did he say that night? I bet you she could repeat it back. Oh, you wouldn't have believed the glorious things that came from his mouth. So my point is this. The thorny ground can pull us away. The distractions of this age, the deceitfulness of riches, the abundance of our possessions. So what's the remedy? The remedy is to stay upon the Lord. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That means to lean upon him. That means to lay upon him. That, you know, John, the, the great apostle John, who we're told is 
He calls himself the apostle, that Je- the disciple that Jesus loved. We're told in one place that he, he had reclined on the breast of Christ. He lay his head on Jesus' breast. Wouldn't that be glorious? All the distractions of the world gone aside as you just simply sit there just like you would with your father laid up against the bosom of Christ. Well, we know what the good ground is. The good ground, we're told in verse 23, he that receives seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Here's the point of that. He's just saying that those who are in the good ground, you want to know how you're in the good ground? You're bringing forth some fruit. That doesn't mean you're naming it and claiming it. You give $10 and get 1000 back. That's, that's, that's a false gospel. What that means is that you're experiencing the sweet peace of the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit, the, the ninefold fruit of the Spirit that you read about in Galatians 5, 22, joy, peace, long-suffering. That means you're, if, you're, if you're bringing forth fruit, that means when your brother offends you, you forgive him. When you, when you see an opportunity to help your brother or help your enemy, you help them, you see. That's how you know you're bearing fruit. And that's where we need to be, in the good ground. Stand. Stand. We've been preaching a series of messages on the armor of God about standing in the evil day. That's how you know you're in the good ground, if you can stand. I appreciate your kind attention tonight. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.